What do you do with an empty concrete canvas that has 12 decades of history weaved through it? And how do you keep small businesses viable in the shadow of corporate giants and the growing pandemic? Better yet, how do you reconnect a community back to its roots while embracing what's next? Well, on today's episode, I speak with Adrian Erlacher and Amanda Whiteman from the Beltline BIA, along with Jeff Hughes from Park Digital. We explore the answers to these questions, and like everything we're talking about, it starts with a story. Uh, we attempted to form a BIA, uh, Business Improvement Area for the Beltline, in 2016, and uh, I was approached by a number of the businesses in this area. Uh, based on some of the work I do in the area, I run a winter music festival and I work on a bike racks project that helps develop the urban realm and public realm for this area. And I just started forming relationships through those efforts. I lived in the Beltline, I worked in the Beltline at the time. Uh, I used to work in media, so I worked with the Globe and Mail. And uh, I had no idea what a BIA was. To be Did you really? I had no idea. Um, of course, quick research tells you that you now understand, oh, Kensington. Okay, I get it, BRZ or BRZ, right? So. Um, so it started there and it was really trial by fire because we had a civil liaison. Next thing you know, we're canvassing, we're knocking on doors and anybody who's ever knocked on doors before knows how humbling that can be. Um, it was incredibly humbling. So we had put together a group of five volunteers. We worked for the better part of eight months and we missed our signature threshold by about five or six. I mean, you know, that really? It was that small? It was that close, but our, our BIA zone at the time was much larger than this one. We had we had extended it quite far, all the way down to 14th. And uh, so I said, well, I'll never do that again. That's a lot of work. And three years passed, uh, the festival started to grow, which was basically exclusively in the Beltline anyway. The Bike Racks project started to take off. And the same group of business owners wrangled me back in. I'll never forget this, Rob Swiderski, uh, who's the vice chair of our board, uh, one of the owners of Craft, Craft Brewer House, Brewery, uh, sorry, Craft Beer House. Um, called me and he's like, hey, I haven't seen you forever. Come, over, come, come on down. You should have a beer. beer. Exactly. That's the trap. <laughs> was the trap. That's how we all beer. Yeah, so I walk in and there's a table of eight business owners. And I went, okay, what's going on here? And nice. So we sit down and they did not, they did not wait to get into it. They jumped right in and they, um, like Adrian wanted to try and go to this BIA again, we need one. And I'm like, guys, this is a lot of work. A lot of volunteer work, a lot of hours, a lot of effort. And uh, so they vowed to give me their time and effort, which they did. So this time around, we, for the better part of 15 months, canvassed, worked, refined their zone, went out camping, you know, knocked on doors. And to their credit, the business owners really took uh, pride in this this time. They, they worked their zones hard. And uh, we managed to get it. So we were birthed into COVID. Uh, but back to maybe how you and I got into this realm was an interesting meeting, I think two summers ago. Yep. At, a, at a mutual friend's house. And you had said something that always stuck with me and I prefer to say it again, it was the jack of all trades. Uh, that's how him and I connected as well. Really? <laughs> so that's yeah. really interesting. So that always stuck with me and you and I had always talked about trying to get together. Yeah. And it was just, I, I felt there was a connection, just human-wise, <laughs> you know, was, yeah. well, I was really interested in talking to you more. And uh, that's where that started. And I remember we got together our first time and. It was, uh, it was awesome. So that's how we ended up doing the dream session and the source. Oh yes, and that's one of my favorite quotes. I'm sure you've heard of it. 
A jack of all trades is a master of none. But did you know there was more to that quote? Because I didn't. In fact, the complete quote is, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. It resonated with me at such a deep level for me personally. So many of us feel like we must narrow in on that one thing. And so many of us grapple with the notion that there could only ever be then one thing. Now, we definitely need our specialists. I am forever grateful for the surgeon that specialized in brain surgery. But equally as important are those that cover a broad spectrum of specialties. They are critical to innovating and pushing boundaries, which you'll see and hear as we start to get into this episode. That being said, let's meet the rest of our friends. And Amanda, you were part of this process. Mm-hmm. Give, give us a sense of your role in the Beltline and what are you doing in the Beltline and not in the Beltline? And how do you know this guy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I live in the Beltline. Um, my husband owns a shop called Goat in the Beltline. Um, which I do a lot of secret, I'm the secret puppet master behind the scenes. Right. <laughs> What's good? Um, it's a hair salon and lifestyle shop. Okay. So, I mean, we chose the Beltline because we saw potential in this community. Um, we love living here, love working here. And, and yet, we were disconnected from the community in a way. Right. As a small business owner, we are just hustling to do your thing. We thought we had great neighbors. But the truth is, there's nothing connecting it all into a cohesive story. And so I think the first time I saw a letter from the BIA, yeah, you don't need to read it, we just sent it away when he was canvassing. And then, this is common. Yeah. And then Adrian came in, and we sat down and we had a chat. He explained what the BIA was all about. For sure, you've got my signature. You know, I was all about it. Um, I, my work is in the nonprofit sector, so I'm a consultant. I do community research, community engagement, um, program evaluation, and and governance stuff. So I said, hey, maybe there's something I can do to help out here. I'd love to be on the board. And I, you know, I wanted to see good governance happen and I wanted to be part of something from the ground up. And then we got to talking about the Big Winter Classic. Well, go, our whole marketing strategy is, is engaging community. We have quiet little secret events and art shows and you know, try to really be a platform for talent in our community. So suddenly it became a great venue for Big Winter Classic. And ever since we opened, we wanted a goat bike rack. <laughs> so here was the guy to make it happen. You're the um, bike rack guy. This is perfect. So next Jack thing you know, trades. Adrian oh. and I are talking every day, working on all kinds of things together. Um, and it was it was great. Like I think from that day, we had the first AGM for the BIA. You know, within a few weeks, and, and the ball was rolling. Um, Did you throw your hand in the first? Was it the AGM? That was the first time we had thought that you'd be the chair of the board. Yeah, I think maybe you asked me from the beginning. I think I asked yeah, you knew you needed someone to be the chair. Yeah. And I said, sure, why not? A couple notable things I want to make sure don't get missed as we get into this conversation. Amanda mentioned that one of her reasons uh, in starting was her interest to be part of something from the ground up. Those of you who are small business owners or part of the startup communities know how exciting and, uh, and curiously interesting it is to be part of something that is starting from nothing. We tend to see the potential very easily, but then in that same breath, find ourselves quickly disconnected from community, not even realizing it. I want to hear a little bit about you, Jeff. Just give me a little context for who you are. How are you connected to the Beltline? I actually had an almost identical story, and so uh, I 
this would have been about four or five years ago though, we were looking for new space and it was at a, a good time for space um, in the sense that there was so much available and so cheap. And I looked all over the city. Um, I ended up finding a really great spot just off Blackfoot. Um, beautiful warehouse, opening up into this big lot, like it would have been amazing. Um, but it felt like there was something missing and I wanted to build something both um, as an organization, but physically that people could come into and enjoy when they're there and then spill out into the streets after. And, you know, in the, the creative world, there's, there's almost this expectation that at five o'clock, you head out for beers at the local pub. So I decided to center down on, on this area. And I remember walking into Kipling Square and thinking, this is exactly, I can imagine people coming in in the morning, I can imagine people spilling out at the end of the day. What I found really interesting, and especially that first year, um, Similar to you, it was like, I knew I had neighbors. There was people walking by, but there was like a lack of community. There was a lack of togetherness. And even in our own building, um, it just so happened kind of around the time that the, the BIA started getting launched, we actually started to build community within our walls. And it was exciting to start to see that community build outside. The same idea, um, Peter's Rod had actually stopped by and kind of in a flurry comes into our office says, hey, we're starting this BIA, can you sign? And I was like, hey, I can yeah, see Rob yeah, now. Right, yeah. like, all handsome, ready to go, yeah. like with a mission though. And I think I was like, who are you? And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. And we just, we're, we're starting a BIA. And I was like, that's cool. I don't know what that is. Um, and and he, he's like, I'll come back in a bit. So he, he used a piece of paper and said, okay, I looked at it. And, um, I could understand it. I, I mean, I, I didn't completely get it, but I could support it. So I, I signed off on it. And then it had to be a month or two, maybe even a little bit later. And um, Sean, who's upstairs from us, comes by and he's like, I, I want you to go chat with Adrian. Um, he's, he's really spearheading this. I was like, oh, I, I kind of know Adrian. We, we've crossed paths a number of times. And you know, I'll go check, check it out, even if it's selfishly to better understand what this, this thing is for. And so here's our craft. Um, and we, we sit down. and. Uh, Adrian had this passion for his vision and what he saw bringing this community together. And at the end of it, he's like, what do you think? And I was like, we are get involved in some kind of way. You might be noticing a little theme that's emerging. We really love to be connected to others. In fact, it's a fundamental need. Yet, we're so challenged with the practice of building community around us. It's a tragic reality in a world where there is a growing mistrust and a lack of confidence or belief in the claims or aspirations of others. But it only takes one committed, persistent, and idealistic person with a big idea over a table where you're breaking bread to begin changing the tide. And so, um, yeah, I don't know what it was, maybe a week later and you were doing that, that community session bringing people together. And Adrian calls, he's like, how much would it cost to like get the site set up just so we have people that can come in and register so they can come to the session? And I was like, dude, we'll just do it. Like, let's get this done. This is, this is bigger than any of us. And I think it's, it's imperative for our community as we move forward. So my, my coming into it was similar to yours that I really had no clue what it was until I sat down with Adrian and, and I got just as excited as, as he has been. A clear vision of the future opens the space up for the pursuit of purpose and for passion to be nurtured as you go. People begin to see what's possible for themselves and their futures inside of yours if it's coming from the right place. Yeah, and that's it. He's yeah. full of energy. He's passion. pretty persuasive. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's hard to say no. Totally his passion, but it was also like, as he was going through it, I was like, that's the missing piece in this yeah. community right now. Like, 
I was thinking about how I, I leave work and I, I only live 900 meters away. And yet I don't stop in anywhere because I don't really know anybody. And I can, I can remember growing up and my dad walking into, from Regina, walking into any store and he always knew the owner. And I was always like, that's the coolest thing. Like when you know the owner and I, I, I felt like that was missing here. And I think, what, gosh, it's only been eight months, give or take, seven months. And it's like, we're starting to get that vibe. And, and even for those not directly involved in the BIA, they're starting to kind of get pulled in. Um, like every store that I walk into now, it feels like there's a different vibe in the community. And I think that's something that's been built over the last eight months. Yeah. We're yeah. more conscious. Like, what I'm sensing is people are at least starting to pay a little bit more attention. Hey, like you, my neighbor matters. They, they go, they're gone. We're going through a really tough time. Yeah. Even breaking the COVID really makes it a difficult start. They're trying to build a foundation for the future when you're just trying to It wasn't be better time to start. Jeff nails it here. The best time to start. Even if all the stars and planets aligned, there is always something we're up against. Some inopportune circumstance that has us justify not taking action. In cases like this, it is who's on board and how committed they are to the objective that really makes the difference. And there's no perfect time to begin. There will always be a perfect storm to navigate through. The question is, are you and your team actually willing to navigate those unpredictable waters? Well, you yeah, the balcony bash piece of it is we started to launch that and that's how I got to know you was throughout all of that. And I think it was what, what you as a BIA have done so well is just continuously created reasons to bring people together, um, both physically and, and not in, in today's world. Jeff, we spent a lot of time on that idea, didn't we? Yeah, about 30 seconds. Sometimes. Yeah, that's usually how it I, I, I literally called Jeff, I'm like, yeah. we need to sit down, and it went, like, yeah. I threw out the, the start of the idea, Jeff kind of finished it off, I think it was just and like, I think we had launched it two days later. Yeah, it was like ping pong. It was yeah. like, Peter calls, he's like, I don't know, I just want to run it by you. I just want to see what you think about it. So, hey, it, just tell us. Really cool. I said, okay. And he's like, I'm thinking about putting speakers on top of Broken City <laughs> this Friday. It was Tuesday, it was a Tuesday. It's like, this Friday, I'm thinking about putting them there. And I was like, why? And he's like, well, my thought is, why don't we bring some joy to people at, at the end of a week and, and blast music? I was in lockdown, by the way. Yeah. We're in lockdown right We're literally now. like, we're, we're in the first or second week of lockdown. Yeah. And he's like, I just want to bring some joy to people that will live in the Beltline. And I, and I didn't really say anything. And he's like, I remember like there was that awkward silence on the phone and then he's like, so are you still there? And I was like, I was like, well, here's the problem. I was like, so you only gonna get the people like right around. What if we find a way to get speakers all over the place? And he was like, that's a great idea. And then he was like, why don't we just get a DJ there? I said, why don't we live stream it? And then all of a sudden it's like Friday night and we're live streaming a show out of um, Broken City. Uh, we've got a DJ downstairs. We've got like the audio crew at the back. Like it was an absolute blast and I think it, it gave people something to do, and it was it was really you couldn't come to the to the Beltline during that time, but we can bring a little bit of the Beltline to you. So, who do you have in your corner to bounce ideas off of? Sometimes the most impactful solutions come from the simplest brainstorm session. Culture, when aligned, really will beat any strategy you create. If you're paying attention, you can see the natural ebb and flow of their culture. What they're doing works because they're embracing who they are and not trying to be something they're not. 
People started to bridge. There were, yeah, as as it went on, there's parties in the street, yeah. Yeah. in the back alley especially. Yeah. And then, it's funny, I've had two notes this month, this month about bring back the balcony bash. Well, and, and credit to the board too, because, and Amanda, you and the rest of the board who just said, go do it. I mean, oh, yeah. I think that's how it went. You either covered that up really well, but everything happened so fast and I, I'd be interested to know from your perspective, you know, you're, you're a chair in this new role, and then all of a sudden, either even calls you and is like, here, we're going to do this balcony bash this weekend. Like, that must have been interesting. Yeah, I mean, we've been lucky because we have a board that likes to say yes. Yeah. You know, we play devil's advocate a little boards. bit. We, yeah. we critique, we assess, but everyone's there to support things moving forward. And I think we were lucky because we hadn't, I mean, we had somewhat of a shared vision, I think. But we hadn't done anything form, formal. So we were nimble to just do something, and people were eager to just do something. And I think the piece I brought was, how are we going to make money for our businesses? Uh, yeah. And that's where we added in the piece of food and drinks. The um, curbside pickup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what a brilliant idea. When you spend the time to define who you are, what you're doing, and why you're doing it, the actions to take become easier. Amanda said they're lucky. And maybe there's a little bit of that. Right time, right people, right place. But I would lean more towards the natural forming that comes from a deeper clarity of what's valuable and important within the group. The truing up and aligning of their values had everyone not just on the same page, but remain on that same page as we progressed. So it was easy for everyone to take action because that's what would have happened anyways. We're all familiar with those moments when it felt easy and those moments where it was like hauling bricks uphill. It all started, I honestly, it was when we went to Andy Manchel at the Telus Park, or the Telus Center, Telus Convention Center. Oh yeah. We saw three placemakers that are basically world-renowned gentlemen who started the Forks in Winnipeg. The gentleman, Andy Manchel, who recreated Bryant Park in New York City, and the woman who founded uh, Beakerhead. And one of the quotes that I walked away from that just that sticks with me and sticks with me was, he goes, we need to start saying yes and how, not knowing why. Yeah. And he said, almost anything at the city or at, at upper levels of decision making always starts with no and why, as opposed to yes and how. Mm -hmm. Yes and how doesn't mean it's going to happen. But let's start with that, that positive kick. Let's start. You'd be okay with failure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's yeah. a big thing throughout all of this yeah. was yeah. like, Let's just try and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And we'll yeah. pivot and do something else. Yeah. And even down to, and I love the idea about, let's make sure we're driving some economic value for the businesses. And I remember you called me on that and you said, Amanda came up with a great idea. Let's, um, let's try and find a way to sell food. How do we do it? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, I'm sure we can get a page up. And like four hours later, we were selling yeah. food off, um, off the website. Like, it's, it is a yes and how, and we've never had like, the, the word no, but, or no way, or anything like that. Say yes and how, not no and why. That statement breeds exploration and innovation. The opportunity for our leaders today, for you listening who are leading today, is to create the space for genuine curiosity of what if. Those ideas might never go anywhere but they will open the door to what could forever change the game for the better and provide others who are dealing with similar circumstances with the necessary blueprint to try for themselves. This became especially important when it came to who it was they were servicing and what those businesses needed and what was happening in the world at the moment. 
we have 400 businesses in this zone. We have everything from dentist's office to engineers to architects to lawyers to accountants to street front business. And I think yeah, is traditionally appeal to retail and appeal to storefront, appeal to that because there's a marketing arm to it. Right. Um, but what we want to and what we're trying to create is a business community inside the RPA, which will create pride in where you work, will create, uh, hopefully attract new businesses that come into our zone. Uh, we didn't just come into SBA in an economic downturn, we came into it in the middle of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Our first engagement event was on March 13th. Mm -hmm. The city got shut down on March 15th. That's crazy. So, Wow. How can we build a relationship with our businesses on the fourth floor of an office building that may not say, you know what, flowers on the street don't matter to me. Well, maybe they'll matter to you if we're getting better employees, or maybe your employees start feeling like they're really, really pumped to be working here. So obviously this won't happen overnight, but uh, the internal side of our BIAs and our goal of ours is to create a business community. You know, we, we really want our businesses to be proud of where they work where their offices are or where their employees come to work. And then in turn, like Jeff said, instead of going home to Tuscany at night, you're gonna say, hey, I'm gonna go to Last Pass for a beer. Right. Or I'm gonna go grab a burger from Broken City. Whatever that might be. Again, it's just that sense of like, hey, I love where I work. Yeah, yeah and you know who's here. Yeah. It's like, I don't wanna go for a burger at Broken City because you know Andrew and you wanna know how he's doing. Exactly. And you trust each other. Yeah. And I think you're, you wanna support each other. Um, yeah, somebody should be at goal getting a haircut, and they're like, oh, i got to get a birthday gift. Yeah. Go ahead across the oh, 100%. street. 100%. You, know? yeah. you yeah. said this, Amanda. Actually, it's one of the things you said at one of our board meetings. Um, our, our board is incredibly diverse. We have a little bit of everything. Um, we have retail storefront. We have hospitality. We have lifestyle. We have uh, engineering. We have digital. We have, you know, so um, but one of the things Amanda said at one of our meetings was, I've known stuff has been across the street ever since we opened. I've never been in there until we formed this BIA. Now stuff is a go-to place. So it's interesting that just such a subtlety of just even connecting people oh, on yeah, the board. Oh yeah, even level. on the board. But even what goes beyond that is you create that culture now. And I find like even for for us, we're more likely to find somewhere local. As like we could always pop across night to somewhere else or. Even even in my mornings now, admittedly I'm a pretty cheap guy, um, but I've shifted from. This is log and recorded. Yeah, no, I think everybody knows that. Okay, okay. Um, Jeff says this all the time. But you know, my my changing my changes even being subtle and moving from yeah, I can stop at Tim Hortons at the end of my block for a dollar fifty coffee, or Milano for a little bit more, better quality, but more importantly, I love the people there. And I think what the um, what's been created already is isn't it started on the board but now it's actually coming in power it's not easy to connect with new people we're guarded so what's to be done who takes the first step well this is where our leaders really rise to the occasion or the opportunity to do so presents itself anyways if they're willing to take the courageous consistent steps forward it becomes a way of being over time and just ripples out Culture has become this trendy area of focus, this word, almost to the point of being overly contrived and creating the complete opposite of the desired effect. I love the simplicity of what Jeff pointed to here. You have a choice to make, the convenient coffee chain or the local brew house, go. That choice might seem insignificant 
and it's what sets the groundwork for the next automatic step. That is culture. And it can't be constructed and strategized. It can only be given the opportunity to grow. But we must be clear what it is if we're able to nurture it. And it needs to be true. If it's not aligned with who you are and what you value as a human being in this world, then it just will never, ever stick. That's why it doesn't work. Here's the thing. You don't know it until you try. And it's scary to courageously step into the uncomfort. It's also scary to be fearful of the change. As leaders, you get to decide where to put your focus. You get to decide where to blaze the trail. You get to showcase what's possible. That is the soil your culture will grow from. And that was actually a huge piece of the Beltline identity when we did the visioning exercise. Professional um, hipster. Yeah, professional <laughs> hipster coming up, even in the community engagement yeah. and the business engagement. Is, you know, we're a place where people can kind of take off that layer a little bit yeah. and sort of relax. Free yourself. Yeah. Um, we might be working professionals, we might be making a lot of money, we might not. We might live in the area, we might not. But it's a place we can come and just, just be and be seen, I think. I honestly believe that's the most potential of anywhere in Calgary. Like, in we have beautiful buildings, yeah. and, and I think there's a vibe, whether you're coming out of downtown into this or you're coming from 17th over into this. There's, there's a vibe that you also don't get anywhere else in the city. Yeah. But we're one of the that's, most historic neighborhoods as well. You look at our buildings. Um, yeah, we are 100 years old. Like you, yeah. When you really look back, this neighborhood has kind of stood the test of time. But what it's actually done, which is kind of neat, is it's evolved with time. And I think we're now um, pivoting into what the Beltline needs to be for today's world. Way back when, the Beltline was known for something else. When I say Electric Avenue, no doubt many memories come up for you who know what I'm referring to. 11th Avenue was the epicenter of Calgary's nightlife for well over a decade. It was a cultural landmark in Calgary, but like anything, things change and evolve over time. It's the only constant we can count on. There is a power though in honoring where we've been, who we were and what we've done. It can fuel the fire for what's next, but be careful not to get caught up in recreating the past. That's a trap. It can never be what it was. Well, you know, it's funny because we talk about history and I know that history is incredibly valuable and important to the belt line. Like one of the things this process showed us was we need to start thinking where we're going. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we wanted to and we aim to achieve as, the, as a belt line BIA is to create something that's not BIA based. I don't think business approving area is all that sexy to the general public. And, and I don't mean this as, as a slight to any of their BIAs, but I think they live in the BIA world where that's their brand. And so, you know, obviously we need to honor the history. I think showcasing history and being bringing that into our storytelling is important. Well, we want to see where this area can go. Um, we have to get out of this pandemic, but we need to come up to it. And one of the things is we want to create a brand that's going to take us into the future. We are part of the larger geographical area, which is the Beltline. But we're only nine square blocks of what well, could be probably 100 if you round it all up. So how do we create something for our area? And how do we not become just a, a conduit to Stephen Avenue or 17th Avenue? We need to create some sort of feel and vibe. So reinventing 
reimagining, which would be Electric Out 20 years ago, is now going to be our next step. So, for you visionary leaders listening, how dialed in is your radar? Are you listening? Like, really listening? And are you willing to play the long game to have your organization stand the test of time? What will carry you, your people, and those you're serving into the future? You must be willing to explore that a little. Be willing to try out new things and encourage your people to actually think outside the proverbial box. And stop making public declarations that set high expectations only to not follow through for whatever likely valid reason and completely crumble any trust you might have built. Part of the problem are the empty platitudes and broken promises. Start taking action and getting to work. Start dialing in your focus and be intentional in your work. Start delivering on your ideas and giving people something to actually experience and understand. Incubate those ideas and lay the loudspeaker to rest. Let your results speak for themselves and have those results become the opportunities others pull to be a part of. It's last talk. It, it's it's get shit done one more. It is. You know, it, it's interesting because I'm I'm reading this book right now from what I call my mentor of mentors, and I, he's a world-renowned urban placemaker and public realm developer. And I had the literally the honor of having an hour-long Zoom call with him a couple weeks ago. And I won't lie, he didn't yell at me, but he yelled a number of times. And he really, really, really stressed the importance of patience. Yes, we want to get stuff done, but there's a bureaucracy that happens at the city of Calgary level. Like, were we, the BIA, what we would hope to do in our, our first three to five years would be to at least harness that burden for businesses. Make sure that they know that they have a voice. Make sure that they know that they have somebody that can advocate for them. Um, but the other thing is managing expectations in the sense that, like, I want to get I want to get shit done more than anybody. I get, I, I promise that. But the challenge there is that getting stuff done at a higher level, especially looking at beautifying streets or changing runways, loads of money, loads of yeah. loads of process, yeah. loads of bureaucracy that you have to go through at the city of Calgary level. Um, the city of Calgary wants change for the positive too. However. Process and so yeah, appreciation patience is incredibly. Uh, and I'm not the most patient person. Well, if we're gonna be on the cover of what is what it? Was that? Innovation yeah. magazine in yeah. ten years. Uh, if we're gonna be on the cover of that, we need to. And Jeff, you and I talk about this lots. Actually, you you give an analogy that we have this long-term vision, but if we can start setting these milestones each year. Like the BIAs have been incredibly successful. They've been around for 50 years. Started in New York. Like the, these BIAs and bids or BRZs, whatever they're called in each market, have been successful, have been also failures in a lot of places. And that really depends on the people leading the charge and the boards that are leading the charge. So we are really going to focus internally on our businesses to connect each other, creating that self internal pride and sense of, of community for those businesses. And then the outward role is how do we market people? How do we make sure that they want to come to our area? How can we start getting people in Calgary from Tuscany to come downtown? What's next? It's the only question to ask. 
and especially so during these trying times. It makes it so much easier to entertain that question when you have the right people around you and behind you supporting and pushing you forward. So, for those of you living within the Beltline BIA, take comfort in knowing that you have a committed and passionate group of people who are here to help and are here for you. But it truly takes a village, and if you're just sitting on the sidelines waiting for something to happen, you will miss out. That is guaranteed. So get involved, be part of the community you want to see and experience the fulfillment that shows up when you decide to be a part of what will make a difference. And for those of you who have been part of this journey to date, it's been a bumpy ride, no doubt, and there's no signs of it easing up. So whatever you do, do not get off until the ride is over. It's only just begun. 